The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Pransky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together, they cover the Twin Cities. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of our real estate show here on 830 WCCO. Beautiful weekend. We'll find out who else is in studio with us. But Chris and Andy, uh, you guys are with us. And I yeah. uh, always like to ask you both how the weekend was since we, uh, the whole week was, since we haven't seen you for a week. Uh, Andy, I know you're on the horn here. How was your week? Man, I tell you, Denny, it, uh, boy, the spring market is really getting active, seeing lots of uh, showings this week and tons of activities. So it, uh, from a couple weeks ago when it was, what we were seeing is kind of a temporary or maybe weather related slowdown. Boy, has that really changed? Well, that's good. It's true. And, uh, Another true statement. I mean, we talk about that weather, and I really do believe that's that's part of it. But on Sunday, where it was kind of stormy the whole yeah. day and rainy, we had open houses. Ended up selling four of them. Wow! Yeah, and and, we, and it was packed, you know. But they didn't have anything to do outside, so they came in, and so it worked out pretty well. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, so weather can be positive, even if it's uh, it can. And sometimes yeah. on the open houses, I mean, it's it's. Don't you find that too, Andy? With open houses, I mean, it's kind of one of those. Uh, darned if you do, darned if you don't. You have good weather. You think everyone's going to be there because it looks perfect, and then they don't show up, and then it's uh, you know a storm, and sure. uh, everyone brings their uh, umbrella. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I think that that's uh, it, it. Comes down to again is is consumers and, and confidence and how people feel, and when they feel good, a lot of times they're like, oh, I want to go out and look at houses today, but it's so beautiful outside. We've been you know cooped up all winter. Let's go ride the bikes or take the dogs for a walk or whatever. So. You know, I think that the psychology has a big play, at least in Minneapolis, um, where we have that, uh, you know, the seasonalness to our, our market. And, you know, what, what happens though is after it starts getting warm and we're used to spring or summer on its way, then that's where we really start to tell us that a real market, you know, because there's that pent-up energy and pent-up buyers, um, you know, and th- then it starts to really see where the rubber meets the road coming up here in the next couple of weeks. But it's looking really good, Denny. Yeah, inventory is still low. Uh, really, it's actually 20% down from last year, which is interesting. Sales are 4% up. Um, did my little numbers, Andy, today. That a boy. <laughs> it's usually Andy's the number guy. But uh, I, I just think that's kind of interesting year over year and how it's happening. But um, still seeing um, stuff that's coming on, but they're just they're going away just as fast as they come on. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of fun to see, though, too, because it goes to show that when people are doing their homework now, and their due diligence, and and they price their house properly. Th- this is an easy market to make a move in. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. I mean, if but you got to do it right. I mean, I had, a, for instance, uh, I was talking to an agent who had showed their clients sixty five homes over mm-hmm. uh, the whole Easter weekend, and uh, and hadn't found one. But it was what was interesting to say is that they were like, you know, eighty percent of them were like, you, "Are you kidding me?" Which was really mm-hmm. interesting to me. It's kind of so people think, "Hey, the inventory is low. I'll just throw my house out there and do it." It doesn't work that way. You still have to do everything right. Um, right. It's it's positioning your home. You know, a lot of people call it staging. I call it positioning because positioning yep. is is not only staging, but it's getting it 
when you come on the market is another mm-hmm. really huge important thing. It comes with interest rates. You know, are, are right. interest rates good? What are you competing against at that time? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm yeah. going to ask uh, Mr. Travis Woodford, uh, who's with Bay Equity. I'm going to ask him um, today because the question, and you know, you, you go to a lender and you say, hey, what are the interest rates? And they say, well, it's about four, four and a quarter. And it's kind of like, well, what do you mean? What about? I mean, you got to have go know the rate. But that's the same thing. I mean, there's a lot of factors that determine the rate. But when it comes right. to like pricing a house and getting a house ready, people ask me, they say, hey, you know, what is it worth? And I'm going to say, okay, well, first of all, when are we going on the market? What upgrades are you willing to do? You know, what else is going to be on the market at that time? And right. then, yeah, and at that point, it's kind of like, I mean, your price could vary a lot. Well, and you know, Chris, I think you and I both have the same, uh, or all the agents listening have the same challenges that when you go out to that customer's house and they've lived for years with that creaky floor, they've got that, you know, worn pattern through the carpet and it's not dirty, but it's worn. And, you know, and, and my first opinion is, let's, let's get some fresh carpet down. Let's get that fresh paint. Let's get that wallpaper down. Let's get the outdated hardware in the kitchen replaced with something a little more current. And, and these people will look at you like you're crazy and like, well, it, it, it's, there's a big difference, I think, in what you're talking about here, too, is, you know, being on the market, right, or getting ready for the market um, to make yourself more attractive to more buyers is a strategy you got to think about because just because it's good enough for you, a house that's lived in necessarily is a house that's ready to go on the market. And, and that's, uh, I think, one of our biggest challenges we face. Yeah, and I think when we're, when we're getting those houses ready, we call the, the justifiable things. And what I, I do is I, I always talk about, you know, hey, here's the challenges. Here's the positives. Obviously, we got to focus on the positives. And then we got to justify those challenges. And if you can take care of them, that's fantastic. If you can't, then it's kind of like, um, all right, you're. Uh, uh, I mean, there's so many different examples. But if you're uh, if you're not willing to, you know, say you're on a you're on a busy road, okay, uh-huh. but you have a lake in your backyard, you know, uh-huh. they'll justify, hey, I've got a lake in the backyard. I'll hang out back over the busy road. You know, right, and so exactly. those things kind of you're, you're able to justify that kind of stuff. But the the things that you can fix, it's so important to to do those. And I always tell people, I always do fixes. There's certain maintenance items that you have to do, but there's other things that you know it, we're going to fix it if it's going to make us money. Right, right. Well, and, and who wouldn't, right? I mean, if you have an opportunity to put a a nice return in your pocket, you put ten thousand in, and it increases the value of your house, you know, thousands of dollars on top of what you put back in, why wouldn't you do it, right? It's just a math equation. But like you were saying, I find it interesting is, is some of my, like, uh, you know, fixed income sellers and a few of those folks where they're like, I don't have the extra 10000 laying around to do it. And it's like, then we get into some of these exotic loan products where they, you know, they do bridge loans or they'll, you know, give a, a second mortgage or a mortgage against the house. Maybe it's already paid off just to get those improvements done so that we can fetch and be more attractive to the current pace of where the buyers are at, you know? Yep. Chris and Andy, a uh, text uh, just came in, and the question is, what does the sign coming soon mean on some houses? Well, I'll tell you what. I have those little signs. And uh, what, does it, what it is is that we've we've signed the house up that we are going to be listing it, but yet there might be some things we need to do to be able to fully get it on the market. And so this is a way in which to be able to put up the signs. say coming teaser. Soon. Yeah, and that some people might call ahead of time, but it's just not quite ready yet. Okay. How about you, Andy? Is that how you yeah, see I that? Yeah, I do the same thing. I think that there's uh, – what I've, I've also watched a lot of agents doing too is the strategy is 
before they get on the ticking uh, clock of the MLS and the days on market and the original list price versus current sale price, which all can be held against you. I think a lot of agents now are going to the open marketplace with this, you know, hungry of a market and saying, hey, this house is for sale. Um, it, it's coming soon with the anticipation of people saying, well, I'd like to see it. So you also can get a gauge of the momentum you're going to be heading into with that marketplace and saying that, yeah, there are a lot of buyers that are inquiring about this property. We, we just did that on a property last week where we had over 12,000 views on a video. There was a coming soon, and that wasn't boosted. That was a standard post on a Facebook uh, posting, and people are sharing it. And it's, it's, it's actually kind of a um, uh, putting the, the, the house at the right place at the right time in front of buyers. And, and the other thing is this. Agents love it, too, because the quality uh, agents that take our profession you know, seriously, they still offer a commission in that beginning phase so that if you have an agent and you find that property, you can cooperate with that agent, still get everybody happy, get everybody paid, and still have a great collaboration there and uh, end up getting your customer the house that fits and selling your, your client's home as well. So it, I think it's actually a, kind of a, a new and uh, a way of doing marketing that will continue into the, into the near future here for sure. Yeah, another text. Uh, like I said, we have Travis Whitford with Bay Equity here. Hey, guys, what happened to the 43% debt-to-income qualified residential mortgage rule? Are lenders still using it? Got a little bit of a uh, – there's a grace period there for that. So um, the the non-conventional mortgage market, which is the, the jumbo loans, they're following that 43% rule. But the agencies, which would be Fannie, Freddie, Ginny Mae – um, there's actually a, like a seven-year grace period for that. So it, that, that, that 43% rule won't be hard and fast across all mortgage products for another probably five years. All right. I'll tell you what, uh, Chris and Andy, hang on. You guys, everybody in the studio, we'll take a quick break here and we'll be right back. I want to invite our listeners to join in uh, either by text or by phone if you have a real estate type of question. Uh, 651-989-9226. Or send a text, 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of the Real Estate Show. As we said uh, as we headed to the break, we welcome your real estate questions by phone, which is 651-989-9226. Or send a text, 81807. And who, for those that just joined us, we've got uh, some friends of ours that have joined us. Yeah, Travis Whitford with Bay Equity Mortgage and Cindy Coble with Title Smart is here. And that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about is the title um, and, and what is title. Andy, don't you believe, um, as far as every aspect of the real estate transaction, probably the, the title aspect of it is the most confusing for people and the least unknown? Well, and also the most underappreciated because I think they don't understand a lot of times what a title company really does and how they make the transaction easier for all of us. You know, when we show up and you sign papers and everything works out and everything gets filed correctly and it, you just take it for granted. And I, I think that there's, again, the agents that are in the industry listening are all nodding their heads saying, yeah, it's a very important part of the process for sure. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of, uh, on the purchase agreement, you know, there's many pages devoted to title that people probably don't even know, but those are the things that you're checking out. So, Cindy Coble, um, why don't you explain to us basically what is, I mean, what does t- title mean or that aspect of the transaction? For sure. Um, well, a lot of people don't realize that it's not the same as like a recorded title down at the DMV, like on your car or your boat. I mean, all of the documents at the county, all of the records are dating back to the 1800s from when the title was granted from the U.S. government. So 
all those records are available for search. So what we're going, what we're doing is we're going back and looking at the actual index down at the county. So we do send someone physically to the county and do some searches. And we're making sure that all those transfers coming forward were clear. And then we're making sure that the deed then going from the seller before you conveys forward to the new buyer. It's really important. It's a lot more detailed and there can be a lot of human error. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, and that's where title insurance comes in. Right. You know, because typically what happens in a, in a transaction is that if you have a mortgage on the property, the lender requires you to get mortgage title insurance. Right. Insures the mortgage against default or problems on it so they protect their money. Right. Right. So they're looking at it like, okay, if they ever had to go back and foreclose the property, that they would be in first lien position and wouldn't have a probably a problem doing that. But for an owner, it's different because you're protecting that you're the actual fee owner, the, the person who owns the property and has rights to it. And that's owner's, owner's title insurance, which basically protects your equity in the property. Right, and your interest. So if anyone ever came forward and said, hey, you know what, I own that property. That was my dad's house, and when he died, it really went to me, but nobody ever called me and asked me to transfer that. I'm going to take you to court and sue you. Then you're like, hey, I have title insurance. Call my title person. (laughs) And then that's when we get involved. And even all your local title agencies, just we'll say here in town, those policies are backed by major national underwriters. And so what they do is they'll either pay to make that whole or they'll hire a team of attorneys who then racks up these huge attorney bills on your behalf and defends that. Yeah, and Andy, it's interesting too. I mean, some of the things that we've ran into in our careers that have come up that you know maybe were missed. I mean, and like you said, so I mean, it's it's human error. But uh, some examples are like mortgages. Yeah, mortgages you know, that, are probably one of the biggest problems. And um, you know, even if it's just the mortgage did get paid off, and then the mortgage company sent the release to the county or forgot to send the release to the county or sent it to the county with the wrong information and it doesn't clear the mortgage. Nobody notices it for like 15, 20 years, and then we go to try to clear it, and they're no longer in business. Okay, we need to really put our thinking caps on and figure out how to clear this. And, Andy, that happened a lot with, I mean, multiple refinances. Oh, I, I, I can tell you story after story. Um, but I had the one that was probably the most extreme. I had a gentleman that every time he could get a no closing cost refinance that was with a better payment, he was like, why wouldn't I do it? Well, we went to sell his house in Plymouth. He'd lived there for you know 30 some years. And, and when we went to clear and close on the house, when we sold it, we had nine mortgages that were unsatisfied. So these companies were refinancing, completely putting new, and they weren't satisfying the mortgages at the county. So here you're sitting, basically showing that he owes millions of dollars against this house, and he's like, "No, no, no, no!" And just like, just like Cindy just said, the these mortgage companies, half of them were already out of business, and so it it was an absolute nightmare. And that's where I'm telling you, Title Smart is one of the best companies out there for doing these kind of things. And not to sound like an infomercial, but you guys have the capacity and the know-how to get that cleaned up. And on a few of them, we had to escrow, but it's it's those kind of situations that guys like me and Chris completely put you guys in our corner because you're the best at what you do. Well, why don't you, I mean, let's talk about that. When mortgages um, come up, like there's nine of them and and this is a problem later, how do those get solved? Well, we have some tricks up our sleeve, but I usually will go and trace it back. So I have some different memberships to different sites that show like who sold the bank to whom, and then I can start and go down that road. 
a lot of times I can go back and pin it, you know, contact the title company who did the previous closing. And if they actually paid off that loan and they're still in business, then I can actually have them do a certificate of release and release the mortgage. But sometimes when they're really old, I might have to just go to good old Google, start tracking it forward. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Still haven't found one I haven't been able to fix. Just saying. Well, Travis, you remember that. I mean, when, when they're going was crazy. I mean, even getting things recorded on time. I mean, when mortgages, I mean, you'd be refinanced and the last mortgage wasn't even recorded by the time you'd refinance someone. Right. And yeah. Back then, too, there was always felt like there was a, a huge lag period from when something went to the county before it actually was recorded. I mean, I think now it's gotten a little bit more efficient. There's not that 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 issue. But um, I mean, I remember probably about like 15 years ago or so I had some clients uh they bought a house and uh, attempted to refinance uh, literally, you know, probably inside of a year afterwards. The market was better. Home appreciated a lot. So they go to refinance. And the title work shows like a bunch of bunch of contractor mechanic liens on it. And they're like, what? You know, like we never did this. And so it turns out that, you know, the, the original seller, you know, hired some contractors to fix up the house. You know, they stiffed the contractor. Contractor, you know, hey, wants this money. What's it on? So these buyers, when they go to refinance, because they bought owner's policy title insurance, they were fully protected. That Those mechanics liens didn't come over to them. It wasn't their problem. You know, and, and you know, I, customers ask me, you know, they see these things from their disclosures that they get from title companies about the owner's policy title insurance, and it's, it's optional. And it's like, you know, yeah, technically it's optional, but it's not, in my opinion. I mean, you're going to have insurance on your car, you know. Why would you not want to have insurance on your biggest asset, your most important investment that you have, your home ownership? You know, it's just well, I think some it's people, a small fee, too. Yeah, but some people, what they'll say is that, hey, I'm only going to FHA. I only got 3.5% into it. But what they don't understand is that owner's title insurance grows with the property, you know, so it protects them. So when that when they paid 210 for it, and now it's worth 350 and they have 175000 equity in it, that owner's title insurance protects them for that 175 Right. It's, it's increasing like 5% a year with the value of the property. Right. I'll tell you what, guys, everybody, we have to take a quick break. We'll go, so don't go away. If you do have a real estate question, again, we welcome yours by phone. That is 651-989-9226. Or send a text, and we'll pick up on those, too, when we come back. 81807 for your text messages. And welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on CCO. Chris and Andy in studio, along with Cindy and Travis. And we have texters. We have callers. Uh, let me give you the phone number once again if you have a real estate question and then you want to call it in, 651-989-9226, text 81807. And, gang, we had a follow-up text question to that coming soon sign question. Uh, The question, the follow-up is, are those properties in the MLS and available for other agents to show, and can the public view those properties too? That's the follow-up. Good one. Andy, you still there? Uh, uh, (laughs) Yes, so, Denny, the idea there is that the MLS, which is the Multiple Listing Service, a lot of the real estate agents for, for quite a few years, um, we all agree to put those properties onto the MLS to share and cooperate with other agents is the idea. Now the web uh, has decided that that's public information. They share it with everybody. And then certain websites, what I find is that they'll do, you know, Zestimates or they give like valuations where sometimes it doesn't benefit our sellers. And so what's happening is 
you're seeing kind of a renaissance, if you will, of agents that are saying, listen, we don't need those websites necessarily right away. Um, they might be part of our marketing plan, but we may launch the marketing a different direction to begin with. So they, they may not be using the MLS. And like I said, they, they're not required by law to cooperate either. But what we do is, like I said, a lot of the agents that are licensed realtors that are out there will actually offer a cooperative commission to their agents and make that available to all the agents that are we do things like reverse prospecting. They do things like Facebook ads where they buy the geotagging of neighborhoods and they'll actually, anybody in that area that, you know, within 500 feet of the house or 1,000 feet of the house, they can actually put it on a Facebook feed so the ads pop up in that area. It, it's unbelievable how much technology is there, and, and it's free. So to answer the question is yes and maybe. Yeah, and I think, you know, coming soon, you have to have, if you're a realtor and you have something listed, you put a sign on it, you have to have a thing called a withhold from MLS because you Correct. can't do that. You get fined from the MLS. And so it's kind of, um, I use it to be able to get my house ready, but we might as well market it while we're getting it ready um, if it's if it looks good that it could. So uh, that's that. Uh, are abstracts still used? I bought a house a year ago and have not seen it yet. Well, the answer is in the metro, no. In the Twin City metro area, in uh, more rural areas, they're still using abstracts. But the trend now is we're just going to the county, searching back 30 to 40 years, depending on what the title company's requirement is with their underwriter. And then we're going forward from a policy. Just for people that know, what what is an abstract? Ooh, an abstract is really cool. If you haven't seen one, it's the history of the property ever since it was granted from the government. So when you see one, I'd like to look at the real old ones from like Ramsey County, and they're actually written with a feather, with the cool ink and the old paper. Yeah. It is really neat. I mean, yeah. that's the that's the big. Uh, Thick paper that you have in your freezer or your safe deposit right. box. Rolled yeah. up with freezer burn. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Jose from Minneapolis is on the show. Jose, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. And mm-hmm. I do have a question. I bought my house in 1987, and it paid off. And I received a letter from the insurance title company saying that I couldn't get a title because I owe $10,000 that was lien on my house, and I didn't know anything about it. However, I did pay that off and went to the county to make sure there was no liens against it, which is not, and they said that the house should be clear off, and you know, I should be the owner, I should get the title. So um, the title company also sent a letter saying that there was clear off of the lien against the house, and that I was the owner, my wife and I, but... I didn't get any title. I didn't hear after that from anybody. And okay. I went to the county again, and yep. they said, that, well, it's clear. It's nothing here. So I don't know where to go or how to get my title. Okay, you're you're just fine because title is not an actual physical document. It's conveyed. So it's a document that says, I hereby transfer my title to you. So it's recorded, and then your mortgage was recorded on your title as well down at the county in the county records. So when they released it, it just went away. So you should be fine. With title, because it's conveyed by a transfer at the county, you don't actually hold a physical title like you do on a car or that little green title, the DMV. You don't need one. Well, that's good news. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jose. 651-989-9226. Let me give you the text number as well, 81807. Uh, What percentage per year does a house depreciate? If you're talking tax value, it's depreciated over 27 years. But, I mean, it shouldn't uh, 
I mean, hopefully they appreciate uh, in houses. But if you're looking from a rental perspective, although I can't give legal tax advice. You can't do that. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, hopefully they're not depreciating and hopefully they are appreciating. I wanted to get back to Travis on, uh, you know, when the old lender says, hey, it's around 4%. By the way, what are their interest rates? Around in the low fours. (laughs) See, there it is. (laughs) In the low fours. Okay, so nothing, nothing. why do you say it like that? Yeah, because – Every situation is different. So um, there's not just one interest rate out there. So interest rates can determine based on a person's credit score, their down payment, uh, the type of loan that they're obtaining, whether it's you know conventional versus government, um, the length of time they need to lock in for. You know, everything's different. So, I mean, a, a 700 uh, or a 800 credit score borrower putting 20% down versus a 660 borrower um, putting a uh, 20% down is going to have different, is going to have different interest rates. Yeah. And so, I mean, and that's why they say it because if you said on the radio, Hey, it's, it's at four and an eighth percent today and someone wanted to get a $30,000 loan, it's not four and an eighth percent. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you just don't want to set yourself up for looking bad. So, you know, you give them a, give them a range and, and it, everything depends upon, you know, the, I like to say the, Hand of cards you have to play with, you know, the loan size, down payment percentage, credit score, lock term, you know, all that stuff changes. There's a clarification to Jose's question, and I think they're saying, but is his title free and clear? He doesn't get a title, but, I mean, they right, already right. said it was. Well, based on what he told me, I would say yes, because he said that he asked the county if the mortgage was released, and they said yes, and he asked a title company, and they looked. But if Jose wanted to call me, I'd be happy to take a look for him. And be able to look at that. Yes. Now, back in Jose, too, this wasn't part of the question, but he said that he was married and that he paid it off. Now, if you're married or buying it with someone else, there's different ways in which to go into title. Right. And so there's two different ways, and they are. So you've got your joint tenancy, which would mean that you have some rights of survivorship. So typically for like family members or a husband and wife, so if something happens to one of the other owners, the property automatically goes to the other owner in the event of death, rights of survivorship. Joint tenancy. And then the, yep, yep. Joint tenancy, and then tenants in common means you each own your one your uh, undivided interest split between you. So if it's two people, it's half each, and three it will be thirds. Yep. And then um, if something happened to you, your property interest would go into your estate, and then you'd have to have like so if you were selling, you'd have two people selling individually plus their spouses because you know you one to buy, two to sell with marriage marriages mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Then you'd have somebody there from the estate. And then that's a whole other different conversation about estates because, you know, there's a whole different line of requirements for that. Yeah. Another question. Do you get notified if there's a lien on your property? Uh, You would maybe if it's a mechanics lien because they have to send you a pre-lien notice. But, you know, anyone can just go right down to the county and just record documents. Let's talk about mechanics liens. On the purchase agreement, it states that the seller is stating that they haven't supplied labor materials to the property within the last 120 days. Right. Why is that 120 days an important thing? And and first of all, what is a mechanics lien? Well, mechanics lien is, is uh, where a, a material man or somebody who's providing labor or material is protected. So if they're going out and doing work on a home and then the customer decides not to pay them, then they have some recourse to go and file a lien. However, just filing a lien is not good enough. So if they file the lien, and usually that'll scare the person and they'll want to get that paid, and it could hold up a closing, 
but they still have to foreclose the lien in order to get the money. Yeah, to be able to get, yeah. Right. And typically, you can't close with that lien on right. on the property, so that's usually their... Yeah, a title company would be like, stop the closing. Right, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and it's done. And Andy, we get uh, a lot of, you know, like people that will have an inspection, and they might ask for, hey, you got to do this, or you got to replace this, or do that. Right. I mean, and now the title companies are asking us to make sure that we bring those receipts, and or they'll ask in for lien waivers. No, absolutely. I think that's a, a key thing is especially, you know, if you're, you know, getting your house ready to sell too, that they'll ask you at closing, you know, have you hired anybody in, in the last, I don't know, what is it, six months or whatever it is. And we, I always say this, get a copy of the receipt. Not only is it great for resale to show, you know, that you've had, you've hired a professional that knows exactly what they're doing, uh, but you also have the paid receipt for the title companies. And it's just, it's, it's just one more uh, step towards being professional and having a good experience. Yeah, and we're kind of going all over here, but we've got. Uh, I mean, it's it's so nice when we have a couple of guests in here that can answer all our questions. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, um, Travis, the other thing I wanted to kind of say before we went into the mechanic liens was what what is a point? Everyone talks about a point. Is that like one percent on your interest rate, or is a what is it? Prepaid interest is is simply what it is. So a point is a percentage of uh, of the loan amount that you're paying to in connection with that particular interest rate. So one thing about interest rates is is there's not just one you know one interest rate out there. So every rate has a various charge or credit or or what's called a par rate where there's no no charge or credit. Anytime you have an additional charge for that interest rate that's considered a discount point or or a point or partial point whatever. So so it's prepaid interest. That you're paying it for. Tell you what, guys, everybody, we have to take a break. We have more show to come. If you do have a real estate question, we'll take them by phone, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226, or uh, send a text, 81807, 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on 830 WCCO. Chris and Andy with us, Cindy and Travis in studio as well, answering your questions. A lot of great information. Imparted. It really is, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a segment of our industry that's really not understood very yeah. well. And like, just like this text question is, what's the difference between a deed and a title? All right. Well, the deed is the actual document that the title company, me personally, would prepare. I would type on the deed from the seller deeds over to the buyer. And it's the document then that we have the seller sign at closing and we notarize, we take it to the county and record it. And that transfers the quote unquote title, which is just your recorded interest in the property. Right. And on the warranty deed, it's just the seller that's signing it over to the buyer. The right. buyer's not signing anything. Right. Yeah. They're just signing the documents, the closing disclosures, and all that kind of fun stuff. Right, and they'll sign be the mortgage pay. because yeah. they're pledging that property as collateral to the lender. Right, exactly. Allowing it to go on there. See, I'll yeah, explain. It's so easy. I'll explain. <laughs> I'll explain. And it's it's kind of, I mean, from a from a lender and a title perspective, I mean, they're working together hand in hand yes. really through the, the whole process um, from the time that – you know, we get an inspection that, it, hey, it's cleared. Contingencies are cleared, and then it, it basically goes over to you guys. Right. Travis? Yeah, once it's, uh, you know, once uh, Chris hands off the purchase agreement to the lender, 
you know, then we kind of take care of all the behind scenes stuff. You know, the, the lender is ordering the, the title application with the, the title company. And, um, you know, we're working um, behind the scenes, taking care of everything um, and, uh, you know, just get to closing. Yeah, it's what? interesting. Oh, Sorry. I was going to just say it's interesting. Um, and this is another thing that a lot of people don't understand, but that the buyer has their title company and the seller has their title company. You know, and it's typically the closing is at the buyer's title company. Right. So it's the split closing, basically. So the seller has somebody representing them and watching out for them and preparing the documents to make that transfer. But the buyer's title company is is dispersing all the funds, meaning they're cutting all the checks and paying everybody. And they're providing the title insurance. So typically we're working together and then we're all meeting up together at the closing. And then we collaborate in the back room, you know, making those copies and then everything's done but sometimes you know we may end up doing both sides of the transaction because both parties want to just work with one closer yep and together oh oh, here you go our listeners want to know who the heck we're talking with (laughs) that's a good question well andy prasky's on the other line yes yeah who's here every year but how long you been around andy probably about six years Oh, on the on the radio, yeah, yeah, eight years. I've been. We've been here eight. They put a four in front of that for the uh, official lifetime, but uh, yeah. And our our title expert here today is Cindy Coble. She's with Title Smart, and Mister Loan Officer Travis Whitford is with Bay Equity. So there people. you go. Are deeds legal documents? Is another question. Yes, they are, and Correct. typically your title company is only allowed to prepare those to facilitate the closing. So when people call me after closing and say, hey, can you just prepare me this random deed? The answer is no. Because they're legal documents, they have to be done by an attorney. All right. There's that attorney thing again. There it is, (laughs) which you can't comment on. (laughs) 651-989-9226. We have a few minutes to go if you do have another question. Or if it's easier, send us a text. Got a lot of text messages today, 81807. Yeah, Andy, speaking of coming soons, what do you have coming soons? Man, I tell you, there, there. I've got about fourteen new listings coming in the next week and a half that are told you it's coming. Properties. I'm telling you, they're coming. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, we've been we were actually shocked this week the amount of people contacting us again that they're finally saying, "Yep, we're ready." Um, you know, it's it's our time, and and let's get them going. So, if you're a buyer, I would say, like Chris and I have been saying all uh, all winter, it's going to come, and I, I think it's actually starting to get there where we're going to see uh, more variety to pick from which usually means that the market will also taper off a little bit on its aggressiveness with values. So, you know, I don't want to say we're peaking on values, but this is usually the time of year that once the volume starts to come, um, the prices also start to get more honest. And so if you're a seller, it's probably a better time to get going now than to wait. You know, I think another smart thing for buyers to do if you're out in the market and you are looking is to go out and look at open houses, you know, because of like what Andy just said. I mean, he's got 14 listings coming, you know. I mean, if they're seeing someone at an open house, they might find out about those, you know, because they're not out live per se. And uh, I just think, you know, you're getting out and looking. Even if you're, you know, thinking about doing it in the fall, do your research now and see what things are going for. Because when when it's time and the good one comes up, you have to react fast. You know, we talk about that all the time with pre-approval letters too. I mean, you're writing pre-approval letters for people, five, six of them, before they even get a deal done. Yeah, and then like to, to – couple in on act fast. I mean, there is a, you know, over the years, there's times, you know, you go look at a house and, you know, you, oh, I got to think about it, sleep on it and, you know, make a decision a day or two later. Um, in this market, 
somebody else has has bought in that house or signed an offer. Right. So it, it's it's like uh, you know you can't snooze. If you snooze, you lose for real. It's true, isn't it, Andy? Oh well, I was going to say if you don't make the decision, somebody else will make it for you, and that that's what we're seeing a lot of is that people saying I want to think about it. And I one of the strategies that that's been out there for years, and I know agents you know get mad when I say this stuff, but if you're looking to tie up a property, you write the purchase agreement, you tie the property up. If you have the appropriate contingencies in there so that if a couple of days down the road, it's not working out or there's not, um, you can always, you know, walk away from the deal. And so I, can't, I think the key thing is, is like an investor says, I just want to tie the property up so I can make the right decision for me. Well, right now, the, the, the challenge is, is getting it tied up and, and being able to allow you to make that decision. But being prepared is probably the key. And then uh, having a good agent help you that understands the strategy that, that is the best to implore at this time is, is key. We're on our way out. Travis Whitford, how do they get a hold of you? 651-755-3086. Cindy Coble with TitleSmart. Sorry. <laughs> Cindy Coble at TitleSmart. My office number is 651-779-3075. Or you could email me to Cindy at title-smart.com. All right. And then me and Andy are easy. ChrisRooney.com and Prasky with a Y.com. With a, with a Y. With a Y. Andy, we hope to see you in Poison next week. How's that? I hope so, too. Okay, good. Well, have a good week, you guys. And we, we will return next week here on CCO with uh, more real estate, of course, asking for your input, both the phone and text messages.